What's going on, everyone? Thanks for checking out another episode of Where Are the Growing Ups? All episodes of this podcast can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, and SoundCloud, where you can go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and give us a five-star rating. Or if you like the podcast, you can go and share it with your friends, family, on social media, or just with anyone you think might find these conversations interesting. Now, any support you give really helps this podcast grow and therefore is hugely appreciated. So a preemptive thank you for everyone who's already taken the time to leave us a review or share the podcast. And now with that out of the way, on to today's guests. Rob O'Gara is a professional ice hockey player currently playing for the Boston Bruins organization. Now, I first met Rob a few years ago, back when I was just starting out as an intern in the strength and conditioning industry. And flash forward a few years later to today, I am beyond proud of this guy. The fact that he is living out his dream and playing professional ice hockey is truly inspiring, and I'm so happy for him. And one of my favorite parts of this podcast, whether I'm talking to an athlete, to an artist, anyone successful, anyone who's truly a master of their craft is to learn from them what it was like to go down that road, to be on that journey to mastery. And in this episode, we get a little bit of insight on what that journey was like for Rob as he was a kid growing up, playing hockey in high school, college, and now today as a professional athlete. Laser machine, like like I, laser. It basically, when I go in for treatment, um, they will laser my adductor. Like it just gets warm huh. and it kind of massages, and it's supposed to get like really deep in the muscle and promote. I like, wonder the if it's healing. like. Um, oh, oh! I know what you're talking about. It's not. Um, Shit, I know what you're talking about. I, did I ever send you that recovery protocol thing? It was oh, like yeah, a document. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it's in there. Really. Um, you just just what go it, out and grab a fifty thousand. Yeah, well, it is an expensive machine. machine. Um, but yeah, that's like a comprehensive recovery. I send that to everyone and like, where do I get this stuff? I'm like, you don't usually get most of it, but it's just the information. Like, you can ask your trainers yeah. or your doctors Maybe or whatever. They have a laser. Yep. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They do like ultrasound too and things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what they had. One of those in Providence. <clears throat> the ultrasound was about as high tech as they got. Yeah. Um, but up there, it's like it's a whole different world. Now you're you. S- so you started playing in in Providence right after school finished, right? Yeah. So I we lost our last game um, in the tournament. Uh-huh. Then we um, basically we lost on a Saturday. I signed on Tuesday, and I practiced on Thursday. Um, so it was very <laughs> very quick. And yeah. then I felt like I couldn't play. Uh, I felt like this was the first time I've held a stick. Um, just because of the competition, the, the level like, or it wasn't even like the level. Cause especially in practice, they, at that point in the year, everyone had kind of mailed in practice mm-hmm. everyone was, you know, they were safely in a playoff spot then. And so they had no worries. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, guys weren't, you know, busting their ass in practice. Sure. Um, so they, um, so I, but I was, I get there. The first thing we did on that Thursday was like a five on five end zone and no one moved. It was basically like one team would have a power play and then everyone would just stand there and they'd make it like a backdoor play. And I, 
I, I didn't learn fast enough. So I was like trying to break things up and like skating around hard. And I was kind of, I could tell that, oh, I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I played for three weeks. I got in five games. Um, they got swept in the first round, which I mean, at that time I was, I was so happy because I would just go back to school and kind of enjoy the last month. Sure. Um, were you so were you still taking classes while you were playing? Yeah, so that was a pain. Um, so how did that work? Did you have to drive back and forth yeah, between so Yale and Mondays? We'd have off. It was only, it's only like an hour and a half trip. Okay, but Mondays we had off, so I would go back on Sundays after games because usually they'd be at three o'clock and mm-hmm. we were home and or you know somewhere close by, um, and then usually come back Monday night. And I had a seminar or something on a Wednesday that I would have to like drive immediately after practice to the school, and because my mom was not letting me get that far, not finish that degree. Yeah, but you only had a couple weeks left, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it wasn't like crazy because I mean, there's so much free time. Mm-hmm. So I, getting work done and like whatever extra work a teacher needed, if she needed to talk on the phone or I needed to send someone an email, it would, that was like that wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, it was more a matter of like, oh, you have a seminar that you can't miss or we'll fail you. So <laughs> kind of, it made it work, um, but it was a little bit of a pain. It was a long three weeks. Sure. Um, Did teachers give any leeway with that? Some were like much nicer than others. Like, so basically I took four classes mm-hmm. and one was that seminar. That was the only one I needed to be at. So missing the other ones and they were all, the rest of them, at that point I had basically all of my you know, uh, econ credits. Yeah. Pretty much in the bag, except for the seminar. So it was like, you know, these were big classes that were supposed to be easy. I was taking two pass fail. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal to miss them. And the work was just a final. And, um, so <laughs> getting through that was not bad. It was just kind of the travel back and forth. Yeah. That was a bit of a pain. I bet. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a good way. I mean, that's a good transition though to, keep playing mm-hmm. like seasons over. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well now I'm going to go to the next, I get a little taste of what's going on, especially like that was your first taste with, with professional hockey, right? Oh By yeah. Actually playing in the games. Yeah. So, yeah. and you were going right into the playoffs. Yeah. So like you got to really, Oh, this is what I have to do in the summer. Like that you kind of had some ideas of what you really had to work on to yeah. compete at that level. Yeah. It was, it was perfect because I got there <clears> and at that point, like I said, they were in the playoffs. So when I played those five games before the playoffs started, it was, mm-hmm. it, there was not a lot of pressure. Like I, did, it wasn't like these. We need to win these games, or else you know everyone's gonna be pissed off. Yeah. Um, it was like, all right, let's let's get your feet wet. Let's get you in here. Let's you know get your first game on your belt. You know, I, I was able. I scored my first goal during yeah, those three I saw weeks. Yeah, nice little slap shot you had there. <laughs> Close my eyes. Hope for the best. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, and it, it, that was what, that was good, and then it kind of went into the playoffs, and I wasn't expecting to play any playoff games, but that atmosphere and kind of how everyone jumped that up to that level, mm-hmm. um, and those games were awesome. And you know, this year I, I got hurt, um, <coughs> third playoff game, tore my groin up, um, but those first three games, I almost felt like I knew what to expect. I knew mm-hmm. how you know the tempo was going to jump up, the intensity was going to jump up. And I felt like I played well in those three games. I mean, it's not like end of the year meetings. We talk about, you know, it's it's upsetting that I didn't get more of a playoff experience because um, we went to the conference finals. Yeah. Um, Did you get to play in those games or no? You were still healing for your No, injury. that was it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so 
unfortunately, you know, it would have been great to get, you know, three rounds of playoff action yeah. and really get that experience. And, um, you know, depending on, you know, 10 million things going to happen between now and the next playoff, wherever, sure. wherever I am. So, um, but hopefully, you know, use that little experience and then build on that. So, yeah, I have no complaints. It's definitely, I mean, a cool year. I, I remember, and I, I want to like kind of how I, I did when I had Matt on here, I definitely want to like, hear hear the timeline of your hockey career but i i distinctly remember sitting down it's like the the first game of the season for the nhl season i was like all right i have to watch rob he's gonna he's playing and i like i'm sitting there on t watching the game on tv pretty sure i was having some drinks (laughs) and i just remember like seeing you skating on the ice and just like losing my mind i was like this is fucking crazy like this person who i got to work with multiple summers in a row like i'm watching this person live their dream right now this is like and i was losing my shit sitting in a, on a couch watching you i can't even begin to think of what like how you felt skating around the rink during warm-ups like yeah. that scene but before you i, I want to hear your whole your whole timeline of your hockey career sure. getting up to that point yeah so I, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Matt when I had him in on here. Okay. How old were you when you first started skating? So a bit of a story. I, I was three and a half. Um, and my first skating lesson, my mom has it on video, um, if you can call it a skating lesson. So we were in the corner and there were like a million things happening on this rink. And it was right in my, well, basically next to my hometown. <clears throat> and we, um, there was like three kids and we were all toddlers and I couldn't stand up on the ice. So there was a rubber mat and three chairs and then the instructor. And whenever I would get onto the ice, you know, like they were kind of wobbling around. I couldn't stand up. I would just fall. And eventually the instructor, you know, I, <laughs> I would say fed up, but I think she just <laughs> felt bad, um, put me in the chair and was pushing me behind these kids. Cause I, so I felt like I was skating. I don't know what her plan was, <laughs> but my mom on the videotape says, Oh, sorry, dad. looks like hockey's not his thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where it started. I don't know how they got me back out there. Um, cause then there's more video of like a public skate with my dad. He was like desperately trying to get me to skate around this rink. And I, you know, he's holding me up and I'm just like kicking my legs because I, I didn't want to be out there. Yeah. Um, and then kind of, I guess as time went by, um, my dad was the biggest Islanders fan. Um, he kind of grew up through the Stanley Cups and I guess he wasn't going to give up with me. Um, so I, I think I started to enjoy it more because I started to get better. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I played basketball in middle school mm-hmm. and... I hated it because I wasn't very good at yeah. it. Um, and I was behind the eight ball. I mean, just in terms of like, I couldn't teach myself how to shoot at that point. Sure. I just wasn't like into it and like I was with hockey. Um, and I kind of move up through you know, like mini mites and all that. And I was, I was better. And like there are more public, like skating lesson videos mm-hmm. where I'm a little better and I'm kind of <coughs> skating faster than some kids. And, um, made my first travel team as a mite. Um, I don't even remember. Like it was probably seven, eight years old. Sure. Um, and my dad had coached before then through like the rec leagues and 
Um, did he coach you or yeah. just in general? Yeah, he would. So he's, I think my first year he didn't coach. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, I think he was more into it. He had made some friends and he yeah. wanted to kind of try it. I, he was always, so me growing up, uh, I mean, obviously I'll continue the story, but sure. through through 12 years old, he was always coaching hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball every now and again too. Um, but... Um, so like that's everything I remember was always like he was the coach and um, did he play? Did he grow up playing so hockey? So he didn't actually. He never played ice hockey, but they um, through that Stanley Cup run. So uh-huh. he was probably like he was uh, thirteen when they won the first Stanley Cup um, in seventy nine eighty, and um, they would play in the street all the time. Like, I okay. don't think they could afford. Sure. Uh, it's expensive. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. pricey. Looking back now, the amount that they my parents put in, it's just, it's one it's of those insane. sports where oh it's. God. God, it's I would always, I always remember, I would get one year skate behind. Um, so like the new model would come out, and then my dad's friend's son would give me his old model. Do the <laughs> same. I was kind of following him in growth. It was perfect, um, and I was always like, oh man, like look at these new skates because I you don't. You didn't see then. You weren't on Instagram or Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the new sticks come out. Like, I was, you know, oh man, these might as well have been the newest. Right, they're brand market. new to you. Yeah. Um, so I made that might team. Um, I'll never forget. And in, in the tryout, uh, we were back skating. And I was, I wasn't. I've never been the best forward skater, but I've always some for some reason I've been good at back skating, which is probably why they tossed me on defense early mm-hmm. on. Uh, I was back skating and a kid fell behind me and I jumped over him and and I kept going and I nothing I didn't think about it all the time but the coach of the team saw my dad in the parking lot and my dad was, at that point you know first time trying to play travel he was not he didn't have high expectations and he basically told my dad like hey like your son made the team like would you like to you know maybe be on the bench or something like that and my dad's first reaction was like, whoa, like, holy shit. Like, how, yeah. how did he do that? Uh, <laughs> and then the coach mentioned, like, oh, you see him, like, great back skater, hopped over that kid on the ice. And, like, he uh, never thought twice about that. And, sure. Um, but now that's, like, so, in, like, ingrained in my mind. Um, that's that's kind of, like, how it started. And then, um, so I played, I played with Suffolk PAL um, through... 12 years old, um, I think it was either my second squirt year or my first peewee year. Um, that's the only way I can remember it, like the, the age group. Yeah, the divisions. I don't know how old yeah. I was. Um, is when my dad started coaching the actual travel team, like head coach. Um, and he, um, we were never very good. Um, that <laughs> might team was probably the best team we ever had growing up. Um, we won a few tournaments. Like I, I remember... That's like in youth, youth hockey, young hockey, like that, those, that's the only time I remember really winning. Um, so we moved up and probably my, it was my peewee major year. So my second year of peewees, um, my dad was a head coach and there's this rule on Long Island where only two players from another Long Island team could move to another Long Island team in between seasons. Okay. Um, basically so that one team doesn't get depleted if, you know, something goes wrong. Sure. Um, so my dad, um, Apple Corps was another team on Long Island. Yeah. yeah I know. And 
four kids came and tried out and they were all pretty good. Um, and with us, like our, we didn't have the best kids. Um, my dad wanted all of them. One was a goalie and the other three were forwards. And that was like exactly what we needed to be like a, a legit team. Um, and all year long, like he was fighting with the Long Island Hockey League and the, you know, the owners of PAL. And um, eventually it kind of came to a, like a head at the end of the year. And he was basically fired uh, from a youth hockey coaching <laughs> job. I didn't know that was uh, possible. I, exactly. Um, he, like we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, man, I, I could have just taken this kid and this kid. And you know what? We would have probably done the same thing. He still thinks about did. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh man. It bothers him. Well, cause now listen, so now the next year I tried to switch to this other team, Long Island Royals. Okay. Like the big Was that powerhouse. Pat LaFontaine, right? Yes. Yeah. Was so he, they, he they were 95. So we're okay. 93s. Um, yeah, they won the national, they had that TV show about them. Right. Um, so growing up, I hated them. I hated the Royals cause <laughs> they always killed us like 12, one. Like I, I remember one time I hit the coach's son into the bench, like a pretty good hit and a kid on the bench fell over. And I like, I, I don't know if I said anything, but the coach, uh, say Mr. McGovern, um, was like, hell, Gary, get out of here. You suck. Like your team sucks. <laughs> and again, another thing that I'll never forget because right? that hurt. And I remember crying after the game. We lost 12 one. Like we stink. Like, I hate those. Guys how so how much. old are you? Oh, I'm uh, probably like, 10, 11. Like, years old. <laughs> <laughs> and we're playing in sports plus, uh, on, uh, in Smithtown there that it's like a Whole Foods now it's gone um so we so now I'm trying to join the Long Island Royals yeah basically my dad had this huge falling out with PAL and so I tried out and tryouts were you know going fine um and basically there were three of us from that team from PAL that wanted to go to the Royals sure and their thought process was let's take the other two guys and then try to add me mm-hmm. because, oh, like they hate them now. They wouldn't take them back. And basically the other organization said, we'll take your son. We won't take you. So he's not playing for the Royals. So that year I didn't play travel hockey. I was 13 years old. Okay. Um, I played rec league. I played middle school basketball and it was like the worst year. I didn't, it was a year without hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next year, luckily enough, I was able to make that team. Uh, the Royals, Bantam major at this point, uh, played with them the next two years. And of course, my dad snuck on the bench, started assistant coaching. Um, Boris Bykovsky was our head coach, this <laughs> Russian guy. <laughs> and man. Oh, man, I've heard, I'm laughing because I've heard so many stories from all you guys that, yeah. you know, when we train over the summer. Well, the best one, <laughs> I'll tell the best one. So we lost to, we were Bantam major and we played a team, basically they're all 94. So they're all at least a year younger than us and they hadn't won like a game all year. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to go in and steamroll this team and we lost, we lost like 3-1 and Boris he was known for after games, he would go around to every guy and have them say how they played and what they thought of the game. And like basically he used to tell kids like, Oh, maybe you should play chess. Cause you stink. Like, <laughs> like that was just, <laughs> like try a different sport. Like, and so after this game, he came in and said, I'll see you Monday. And we were all like, Oh, this is bad. 
So we got to this rink. It was a smaller rink where we had Monday practices um, at Iceworks in Syosset. Okay. And it's the Islanders' old practice yeah, facility, yeah. right? They, they don't practice there anymore. Not right? anymore. They're in Eisenhower. Um, so they have one normal size rink and then probably a rink that's like blue, far blue to goal line. You know, it just shrunk. Yeah. Um, and we got out there. There were no pucks. There were four cones set up in every like extreme corner of the rink. Mm-hmm. He had everyone get in the middle. He counted one, two for everyone. So there are two groups. And he said, all right, group one, five laps. And the first group went five laps. The second group would follow. And we did that for an hour and a half. And I ne- that was like the worst night of my whole life. It's like that scene from uh, Miracle. Basically, <laughs> except no one was telling him to stop. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day, so we had practice the very next day, that Tuesday. And we had a, we had to do off ice across the street. Um, so this is in Kings Park, uh, Superior. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and sport time was right across the street. So we do basically they'd say, "All right, you have an hour. Go, you know, lift weights." No one instructed us or anything. Oh, so it was terrific. Very strange. <laughs> um, and Boris would just kind of walk around with his arms folded, like watching everyone. So everyone was doing things, but not doing it correctly. <laughs> anything. So the hurting a- themselves, setting yourself up. Exactly. For- so the hour ends. And we're heading across the street and we're like, oh, we're screwed. Like, it's going to be worse than yesterday. And as we're crossing the street, um, a kid is named Shane Higgins. I've never seen him since that team. He didn't play after that. He he crossed the street. And he's like, whoa, did anyone see that? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I just saw a shooting star. He's like, oh, I'm going to wish for no practice tonight. So we got down. We start getting dressed. Superior, like the locker rooms are in the basement, basically. <clears throat> And everyone's getting dressed, like very quiet. Everyone's sad and tired. And a parent comes running down the hallway, like everyone, everyone out, everyone out. Carbon monoxide, like the alarm's going off. Everyone's got to get out of the building. Practice was canceled that night. <laughs> After this kid sees a shooting star and wishes for no practice. After the worst practice of our lives. It was like, that was Boris. Like everyone was so afraid of Boris. Um, but we were pretty good. Um, we went to nationals my 16 years, so my second year of midgets. Um, and basically after that is, you know, kind of decision time. Um, usually, I guess the, the, I don't know, the suggested route is for to get off of Long Island at some point. Uh, or it was at that point at least. Sure. Because um, it was hard, to, you know, basically the highest level on Long Island was Junior B. Mm-hmm. And that <clears throat> was nothing like the USHL or prep school right. or all these other routes. Um, so the best you can get on Long Island was not, like there weren't many college scouts there. It was basically like higher up junior leagues watching those junior leagues. Mm-hmm. So like if I would have stayed there and played juniors, you kind of playing for the middleman, not exactly. The people you it would have been be. the long haul. Yeah. Like I would have been aging out of juniors. If I wanted to keep playing in college. Um, luckily I, I went to the showcase, like a college showcase. I guess my mom was like very adamant about me trying to figure out that college, you know, route that I wanted to take and not for hockey. So we were visiting schools a bunch. We, she took me to Yale as a student. I don't know what she thought I was doing in the classroom because <laughs> there's not a chance I would have gone into that school <laughs> if I wasn't the best hockey player that they had seen. Um, and, and like we visit all these schools, even like Harvard and some D3 ones and with club teams and like just because she was like, 
you know, maybe you could walk on to a D3 team or like play club. And that was like, she, we took that summer before my senior year would have been, uh, at Smithtown East. Mm -hmm. Um, and like we visited all these schools and midway through the summer, probably like July, um, Paul Canada, coach at Milton Academy, uh, right south of Boston, um, calls my dad and says, hey, like, has your son thought about the prep route? And basically in the span of July, I decided I wanted to give that a shot. I applied and I was accepted in on like August 1st. And I had to read three books before the school year started and move away from home. And that all happened like that. And so you're going into high school or not going so into, So I was going to repeat my junior year. Yeah. Um, and that all happened in two months and that changed everything. Like that was, I don't know what would have happened if I stayed on Long Island. Yeah. Um, now has it, that changed? I like, think so. You know, there's, there there's more, more young talent. Um, and now they have that USPHL, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a better, um, Basically, it's a higher level of junior on Long Island. Okay. Because um, there are more guys. I mean, yourself, guys like Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano like, Jeremy Bracco. Like, these guys are... There are good players that yeah. come out of Long Island. And I think the attention has shifted more to, okay, let's get these guys to stay here and we can right. cultivate that talent as opposed to, oh, no, they're going to get to 16 years old and they got to leave. You got to ship them off. Yeah, because we have nothing here. Mm-hmm. So I think they've started to focus more on know they have great youth programs like really good youth teams like that royals team that was on that tv show yeah like they justin bailey is he plays for buffalo like right they had really good players and you know they kind of came up through the long island system and got to that point and at that point at that time there really wasn't another long island step for them to take so mm-hmm. a lot of them went to prep school and kind of the same thing that i did um but that's because like when I got to prep school, I got to Milton and before I even started school, I was practicing with um, a U18 team where you basically play a half season in the fall. Um, and it was the Junior Bruins, GBL. Um, and This is before you uh, had any other affiliation exactly. with Bruins? Well, like just keep in mind, like I had no idea what a prep school was right. until July. And by September in these games, like this, these, this league is like all prep guys kind of placed on different teams and just high level, high level play. And these tournaments we play are like really high level and there were NHL scouts at games. I had never seen a scout at any game ever. Like I may be at nationals, but not there to watch Long Island Royals. Right. Um, one of my, like probably the third, fourth game, uh, a coach comes down the bench and says, that's the Dallas star scout. He's here to watch you. I was like, shouldn't I go to college first? Shouldn't like a college scout watch me? Like, um, by December, right around like the flood Mars, like a big prep tournament, I had committed to Yale. Uh, like mm-hmm. through the fall, like kind of the only three schools I talked to, I'm a big old nerd, um, were Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. And literally having visited Yale before, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So then when they, they were number one at the time and when they came and said, Hey, like we want you after your senior year is say no more. Like I shake your hand right now. Yeah. If you weren't on the phone. Um, well, at least that's an easy decision. It was an easy, easy decision for you to make. Oh yeah. You weren't 
torn between like three schools. Man, I want to go to all these, and my dad wants me to go here, and yeah. mom wants me to go here. And well, once it was those, like <clears throat> my parents were like, "You, it's on you, whatever. You do what you want," because they all had promised, like, "Oh, you won't be paying more than prep school." You know, mm-hmm. like all the financial stuff kind of worked out. And, um, How does that work? There's is there. And on Ivy Leagues, it's very different. From no athletic others. scholarships. Yeah. Um, it's all need-based. Okay. Uh, really, that kind of became a problem. Um, so their promise was you're not going to pay more than prep school, which mm. we didn't pay more. Their promise was you're not going to pay more than a travel hockey season. So basically, that in my parents' head was we've paid for travel hockey all this way. We can afford to pay for prep school, which they could. Mm-hmm. Um get those two years and then once Yale said oh like don't worry need base aid whatever you're not gonna pay more than you paid at Milton mm-hmm. they were like oh great sure so then we got our financial aid package and I started raking out the student loans because yeah. it was a lot higher um, that assistant coach left <laughs> and I mean kind of an empty promise but mm-hmm. um, at that point I was and my parents too were all like you know, let's make this work. My grandparents helped out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, very lucky. Um, but yeah, and that all happened by December. <clears throat> and of your junior year, of my this junior is your year. First year, yeah. So this is like from July to December. It's a my lot whole, to happen. My whole life changed. Yeah, um, and you're sixteen. I right, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I had turned seventeen in July. Oh, you repeated. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that—that's the other thing I want to ask you. The, yeah. the repeat that happens a lot, right? They kind of they wanted you to repeat so that mm. you could play an extra year of hockey. Yeah. So actually, more. at Milton, they don't allow senior, like new senior students. Um, so basically, the only way I could go there was to repeat my junior year. Okay. Um, I'm not sure why that is because some schools sure. have the PGs and all that, and Milton doesn't have that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Everything like about Milton, uh, it's like looking back, it's kind of like how 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 the how the hell did I get into that like perfect opportunity, perfect spot? Like I mean, basically, I was the perfect age to repeat, yeah. come in as a junior and contribute to the team. Um, you know, like the school, like I, I got a great dorm, like I, I got good roommates and I, like surrounded by good guys. Um, no dress code, no Saturday classes like some of these other prep school had. Like, it just seemed all like almost too perfect. Um, and then that first year, we won. We won the New England championship. Mm-hmm. Like we had uh, we lost three games uh, at Milton, and then we went to nationals with that U eighteen team. Yeah, and we lost in the semifinals in double overtime to the team that would win the final like five nothing. So uh, the whole like. Everything that happened then, and then, I mean, this is crazy. So this is like July to July, I, I got drafted uh, to to Boston. Yeah. And the 12-month span, basically, you know, my everything. Yeah, that's a whirlwind. In yeah. one year, your entire life is just flipped upside down. For, the, for you know, for good, not yeah, for bad. But exactly. That's, from going, from not knowing what to expect at all. To that, to being drafted I mean, by an NHL team, that's it was crazy. It was absolutely insane. Um, How did you feel at that point? At being this is something I asked Matt about a lot because, yeah. you know, I, I could only speak from my own personal experiences as things happening as a sixteen or seventeen year old. Like, sure. wow, what was your mindset to hand to take in all of this this change and handle it? Yeah. Like, how how did you manage it? it I mean. 
it was hard at first <laughs> to leave home mm-hmm. like, and to kind of manage all of this as it was coming at me was was hard but it, it made me grow up pretty quick yeah because uh, i mean i always been a mama's boy i was always at home and i always you know i was always taken care of and i never you know uh, we weren't you know super well off or anything but i never wanted for anything mm-hmm. um and kind of getting there and and kind of having to handle my own business uh, was it was it was hard but uh, like i said i kind of made me grow up quick and I knew like, I was a pretty responsible kid. Like I, I, I followed the rules and all that stuff. And um, once I got there and I knew what I wanted and when that all started happening in the fall, like, whoa, like these are NHL scouts. This has been my dream since I, you know, I was five years old. I, I kind of knew that, you know, if I want this, I need to focus on this. And all the resources were there. Everything was, you know, right in front of me to kind of take advantage of. And, uh, luckily, looking back, I had you know the right mindset to do that, um, and kind of you know gain weight, you know put the right weight on, start working out more, like really like focusing in the gym, and and that kind of started right from the fall, um, and it wasn't it wasn't easy, but it was um, I don't know like looking back, I'm just really happy that 17 year old Rob had this kind of figured out. Um, because I mean, uh, you know, people get in trouble at prep schools all the time, and you know, sure. I was able to make the right decisions, and you know, not kind of veer from that focus and that path. So, I mean, thank thank you <laughs> to the old young me. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's something I, I, you know, I see a lot, especially with athletes in general. Mm-hmm. Working with uh, especially the young air athletes, even if a 10, 11, 12 year old comes in, uh, just their maturity levels always a few years ahead of where, a, uh, I don't want to say normal, but a kid that doesn't, isn't as involved in athletics is. There's oh, yeah. something to be said to that dedication, um, to the discipline that it takes to play a sport. And then I've had, a, obviously I'm really familiar with the hockey guys working with yeah. you and, and <laughs> the, you know, all the other guys who've had the fortune of working with. Um, I f- would forget you know, that especially some of the other kids who were younger, maybe 17 or 18, and then every now and then they'd get a little silly and then I'd want to get, not mad at them, but I'd want to be like, come on guys, let's go and do something and forget that no, these they're 18. Like, what was I doing at 18? No, yeah. <laughs> nowhere near the maturity level <laughs> they're at. So it's it's easy to forget that, oh, they're, they're just kids. Sure, sure. I, I used to work at those summer camps. Uh, <clears throat> right. The, the, with the kids from like five years old to, you know, 16, 17. And mm-hmm. I... Some of the kids like, oh, this is my first time trying hockey. Uh, to you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to play hockey. Yeah. It's and then kind of watching them. I was there for like eight summers. So some of the kids now are getting drafted. Like kids really, that, like you could see it from when they were. I mean, this kid is Robert Mastro Simone. I think is his last name. Uh, everyone called him Ducky. Okay. And he was always really good, but he was really small. Mm-hmm. He was a 2000. So I, I remember he's in a one. Um, so probably my first summer, he was like nine, maybe. And then my last summer, he was 17. And he was a counselor. And he was committed to BU. And like, 
the way that he kind of focused, he was always a good kid. He wasn't like causing problems and yeah. Like, but he, he like loved it and like had fun, but kind of balanced that with, you know, like I want to get something out of this. And it was like, that's, I mean, it's so hard. Like you said, it's so hard to expect that from a kid. Yeah. Um, any sort of focus. Like, you're at summer camp. You just want to have fun. Right. Uh, you're not there. I, I mean, I remember going to summer camp, like, even like, even the hockey camp as a kid, just like, I want to have fun. I want to go home and tell my mom, like, oh, we scrimmaged today. I scored a goal. I had a good time. And probably, you know, we played dodgeball. Like, I don't even care about the on ice. Um, but to see, but that, that kid, that one example, it just shows how, you know, how that helped get him to all these higher levels. And I don't, I don't know how you instill that in a kid. Yeah. I don't uh, think, I mean, I don't think it's any one thing or one person is, is, is uh, a cumulative effect from, yeah. from the team, everyone holding mm-hmm. each other accountable. The, it, there is this. I would say it's less authoritative than something like football where it's very militaristic, the oh, way yeah. that yeah. the, everything's, you yeah. fall in line or you're out of here. Like yeah. it, it's, I would say hockey is kind of a bridge between that and some of your more uh, lenient lax sports where, mm. um, you know, you might, you might just hold yourself accountable as a coach or, yeah. you know, a lot of, I see a lot in basketball. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at the higher levels, it's pretty much you know the same across the board in every yeah. sport. But especially yeah. like younger kids in basketball, it's you're not getting yelled at as much, or it's not as uh, authoritative. There's a lot more yeah. creativity. Like uh, just sure. mess around, have it's fun. Like it's very individual too. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, tops what twelve guys on a team? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's twelve guys per team compared yeah. to twenty five in hockey and yeah. what sixty in football. Yeah. I mean, you're on you're on the court for most of the game, and you know, especially coming up. Like, if you want to be, if you want to get recruited, you want to be on these crazy like McDonald's All American teams. Yeah, you got to be the guy. Yeah, you got to stand out. And so I, I'm sure that's really hard to do. I, I mean, if that was the the expectation for a defensive defenseman in yeah. hockey, like, what am I going to do besides Start, poke check? I was gonna say like, block a lot of shots yeah. or something. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so different than a basketball where, you know, mm-hmm. you play <clears throat> decent defense and get away with it. And then, you know, you throw down a sick dunk or you're hitting threes like crazy. It's a different, it's a different yeah. monster. So it's, it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, so back to kind of your, your, your timeline at, mm. with school, like you said, your first year at prep school, you won a championship. Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy because we so we I came in and we had like we had eleven seniors, and oh, man, a lot. only one of them uh, two play now still. Um, one of his name's Pat McNally. He actually works out down in Foxborough where I work out, um, and he was probably the best prep school hockey player ever really i've ever seen uh, or heard of he was a defenseman and we played i believe we played exactly 30 games that year and he had 55 points he would do the same move he'd go forehand and backhand underneath the guy's stick and he'd blow by them every time he could do that to three guys down the ice no one figured out i i i, I was his partner uh-huh. so he would usually he'd score which is awesome or sometimes yeah you're getting a point coming back two on one oh. and so it was so that he, he shined. He was drafted the year before, and he did his thing, and, and he, that was great. But mm-hmm. then coming back, I 
I was like holding down the fort. I yeah. was the defensive guy. And that allowed me to kind of show like my strength of my game. Sure. Um, so that was awesome. But your typical pairing, right, of, of one and, stay at home guy exactly. and one guy who's a little bit more able to come up with the rush. Yeah. Which was, I mean, it was ideal for me. And I kind of grew up with him a little bit. He was always, you know, he was two years older than me. And he was a Long Island kid too, actually. And kind of always watched him going up through the ranks and kind of aspiring to be like him. Yeah. Um, and then to play with him, be his partner and all that. And then you know, the success we had, we had a great goalie. His name is Sean Doherty. Um, another Long Island kid. We had a good Long Island contingent on the team. Um, and he was sick. And he was hot at the right time. Like We breezed through the playoffs. And the last game, we won 2-1 um, against Kent. And I, it, the whole thing, it was like, oh, my God, like this is unbelievable. I, I, seven, eight months ago, I was ready to play junior B on Long Island. Yeah. And, uh, to go to that and then, you know, oh, like we have the, we have nationals to look forward to coming up and, and I just committed to school and all this. So I, uh, everything was, I mean, it was crazy. Um, then my senior year, uh, we were terrible. <laughs> we won nine games. I think we lost like 19. But games. you lost, you said you lost about 11 guys, lost right? 11 seniors. And there were only Damn. three of us. There were only three seniors. Um, and we picked up a lot of guys, you know, a lot of sure. a couple of juniors, a lot of sophomores. And uh, it was just, Kind of like a rebuilding year. Yeah, exactly. Um, I believe it was my sophomore year of college or my junior year. Junior year of college. So three years after that, they were mm -hmm. back in the New England championship game. Um, they lost. I actually watched that game. And then two years later, they were in like they were really good. They ranked really high. So um, kind of building blocks to those kind of things where <clears throat> you could watch. You know, like I was good. I was obviously very close with everyone on that team and kind of seeing the freshmen where they ended up. Um, it was nice to see them have some success because yeah. all in my head was, oh man, we sucked that year, so uh, I feel bad for them. Um, we had a freshman, his name's Justin Yoon. He was like messing around on the football field with us, like kicking field goals. Everyone's trying to kick a field goal, no mm -hmm. one can do it. And he was booting it from like 50 yards out. He goes to Notre Dame. He's their kicker now. Okay. Like he never played football in his life. Just the football coach like looked out the window. Was like, oh my god, like who's, who's that, that kid? kid? Like, Sign him up right now. Get on the team and played three years. Like the one of the number one ranked kickers in the country That's after awesome. Milton. That's kind of cool. Like seeing that. That's where he ended up. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So then like, we didn't have a great senior year. But my first year at Yale. We won the national championship. Yeah. Like just winning everywhere you go, man. That's something we've talked about. I mean, you know, other trainers around the gym with you. Just like everywhere Robbie goes, he wins. Yeah. <laughs> I broke the streak this year, unfortunately. But I blame the groin for that. Yeah, um, you know, injuries happen, right? Occupational hazard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. that journey, like we had no business. We had no business being in the tournament. I, we we had a good year. We had a really good team, but you know we weren't. We went to the ECAC playoffs and mm -hmm. we lost five nothing to Union. And then in the consolation game, we lost three nothing to Quinnipiac. So we went to Atlantic City where the playoffs were, and we didn't score a goal. And we were bad, and <clears throat> basically that left us on the outside looking in. And we needed everything to go our way. Every, like, you know, so many scenarios. Mm -hmm. Who has to win, who has to lose, exactly. what you have to, yeah. So it came down to the very last, um, it was Notre Dame, Michigan. And we needed Michigan to win 
their conference in order for us to make it or lose. To lose. We need Notre Dame to win. Um, and I remember I was writing a paper. I was in the library. I was too nervous to watch. I couldn't watch the game. I was trying to distract myself. But of course, I was refreshing, you know, over and over and over again. And Notre Dame won. And we, I, I remember finding someone else in the library, another guy I couldn't watch. Because there were other guys at like some bar, like getting absolutely wasted uh-huh. watching, which is another way to handle it. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm everyone, sure they were nervous too. Yeah, everyone has their own way to cope. They, they, they calm their nerves. Um, I found it was like, we were like kind of yelling we in the basement of this library, like holy shit, like we're going to, you know, we're gonna play in the tournament. Yeah, Our freshman year, this is crazy. Um, we were out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, we drew Minnesota, who had like 15 draft picks in the first round. Like Nick Bukestad, like this Riley, like these names. Like looking back, I, I at that point I was like, I'm not going to concern myself with who's on that team because mm-hmm. it will just freak me out. Sure. <clears throat> and we like we beat them in overtime. It was I, I played one of the best games of my college career mm-hmm. and got an assist. Um, and then the first shift of overtime, uh, we dumped it in. Goalie didn't play it. Um, D-man had to go to uh, just kind of just off the post behind the net, kind of flubbed the pass over. Um, Our guy picked it off, sent it out in front. We scored seven seconds in. And uh, I was, it was, it was crazy. It was, we, we shouldn't have been Minnesota. Right. And it was like, I remember (laughs) kind of thinking after that game, like, wow, like this is great. This is as good as it's ever going to get. We, we just beat Minnesota in the, in the regionals. Like, this is great. Then it hit me. Like we have to play North Dakota the next day and we were losing one, nothing late in the third and we beat them four one, four goals quick. Damn. And that first goal, first period, I, I, they chipped the puck and it was coming down kind of like in between me and one of their guys. And I was flat footed. He was moving and I hesitated and he beat me wide and he scored. So I, Corbin Knight, my nightmares forever. Um, so I was kind of like the whole game. I was like, Oh my God, like this is going to be my fault if we lose this game. And we, we rattled off those goals and we made it to the frozen four. We beat Lowell in overtime um, and then Quinnipiac in the final, um, four years at school, um, we played Quinnipiac probably like 15, 16 times. Mm-hmm. We beat them once. And it was that game. I get chills like to win saying the championship. that. I, we must because my, my buddy Stu is in my class, Stu Wilson, said that before that game, he, he like wrote it down or something, something crazy like that. Like, I don't care if we beat this team ever again. I don't care if we win another game. I want to be a Queen of at one time. And, and I, I don't know if he was talking to some greater being or <laughs> it's whatever. It's like that scene in The Little Giants. Um, like, exactly. Right? We basically sold our soul to the devil. One time. Yeah. And <laughs> it was, it was incredible. It was nuts. I, we, that their team was so good. And we, we were good, but we like we weren't as deep as them. And, um, you know, their goal team was probably a little better, but our goalie was hot. Jeff yeah. Malcolm was on fire. Um, and it just, everything clicked. You know, we scored a late um, second period goal or first period, one of those. I think it was the first. No, it was the second. Late second period goal on a deflection. Um, and that was it. They didn't have a chance. It was wild. And... Um, 
yeah, the, the next three weeks at school are just basically <laughs> you're a celebrity. A yeah, <laughs> you're a celebrity. Well, that was the thing. Like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen like buses come back from places uh, that from like North Dakota. If North Dakota would won and took their bus back from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. or their you know their private jet and their yeah. bus back. The whole town would have been there at the rank to like welcome them. Everything would go nuts. Well, I mean, no offense, North Dakota, but like, what else is in North uh, Dakota? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in New Haven, there's not much else going it's on. True. Um, we got back, so we took a that night. We I mean, we had like a we had a 7 a.m. bus to the hotel. So that was like the only thing the coaches said after the whole celebration, and everything like. Or after the locker room, it's like just be. Don't miss the bus. Just be at the bus <laughs> at seven a.m. That's it. You know, just guys. You know, you, you'll venture around the city or whatever, but just make sure you hear them. So basically, you know, no one slept or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our equipment managers like was asleep in a hallway. Like, <laughs> how they, someone had my buddy, my buddy Stu, his his friend who went to I don't know, like elementary school with him, uh-huh. had a Yale sweater on and was telling everyone he was on the team, and just came out <laughs> came around with us everywhere like <laughs> bars and, and this penthouse I had some Yale he had downtown. Like he was like in the middle of it all. Like oh, we did it, guys. <laughs> And you know, everyone made the bus, and and one of our our managers, Norwegian guy, <clears throat> most like the nicest guy ever. Um, he um, was wasted, so he was like being really loud <clears throat> on the bus, and everyone's like kind of getting to that hungover state, mm-hmm. and the, the staff <clears throat> was just like turning around, like someone shut him up, <laughs> or else like we are coming back there, we're gonna kick his ass. Um, we got home and we. We we flew into um, I think it was into the New Haven airport like mm-hmm. the small one, um, and we drive we everyone hops on the bus, and there were like seven people outside of our rank with like with like uh, signs they're saying like you did it and it was that was it and <laughs> not, there no student there wasn't one student there and this was like it was like afternoon so it wasn't like you know everyone was celebrating yeah. all night. Um, and they couldn't get there, but the rest, the rest of the time there, like through school, was like it was, it was stupid. It, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was just a blast. Yeah, um, yeah. And then starting off like that, it was hard to. Right. How do you top that? Uh, yeah. Your next yeah. year. What um, in that game? You said you know that that first play, the guy beats you. You're flat footed, and you feel yeah. like it's your fault. How do you mentally? Right then and there, mm-hmm. like, what do you do to shut that out mentally, to, so you can perform the next, <laughs> yeah. you know, however many minutes, forty-five minutes you have left to play, or fifty yeah. minutes, whatever time I had, remains. I had trouble in that game. I was very tired <clears throat> from the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. I played a lot in that game. Um, we, so it was uh, Gus Young was my partner, and we would kind of we were the away team, so it was hard to match up lines, mm-hmm. but we would. Usually shut down. Like I only had, I had seven assists all my freshman year. That was it. Um, we were the, those guys to go out there and play against their top line. Um, so once like we were up on Minnesota and they had to kind of come back and we once we had any sort of lead or they had like any sort of thought like oh my god we might lose this game they were playing those lines a lot so we were playing a ton and the next day I was I was gassed yeah. Um, so when that happened, like I didn't have my legs, I wasn't, I, uh, I didn't feel great. 
I was kind of like, I didn't, I didn't have a great game. I didn't do much. Um, but after that happened, um, I, in that moment, from what I remember, I had trouble calming myself down. Yeah. Cause I was, I was in my own head mostly because I didn't feel good. If I, if I screw up, especially now, like I've come a long way from then, mm-hmm. but if I, if I screw up, I'm usually able to say, all right, you know what? Fuck that. Right. I'm done with that. That's yeah. not going to happen again. I know like what I'm capable of, whatever. Like, uh, I'm sorry, boys. I'm going to be better. And it'll motivate me. Like, I'll get pissed off. And that's usually when I played my best. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that moment, when my legs, they just felt heavy and like, like just sore and tired. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to screw up again. And mm-hmm. that was my biggest thought then. Like, I don't want to compound this error Mm -hmm. and that that thought process is like is poison yeah if you're thinking about i don't want to make a mistake i don't want to make a mistake you're You're egging one on yeah Yeah. you're you're egging one on exactly so that that was where my head was and luckily i didn't you know i kept kept it very simple you know kept everyone on the outside and Mm -hmm. um kind of just kept everything you know in in a calmer place um, is that a typical, uh, you hear that a lot, you know, in hockey or every sport, everyone says, you know, bring it back to the basics. Is oh, that yeah. something you do right there in the middle of a game? If you're, you know, that's one mistake, but if you're just, mm-hmm. if you have a bad period where it's just like, maybe you don't let up goals, but it's just, you gave up a ch- couple chances and yeah. a, you missed, missed some opportunities and it's just, mm-hmm. you're in the locker room and you just think, okay, what, what, what's my most important job? The one thing I'm supposed to do. Yeah do that and yeah. let everything else fade to the back. Is mm-hmm. that kind of your method? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I, it, when things get out of control, <clears throat> I try to step back. Mm-hmm. And like I, when I was a kid, I used to have this video. Um, it was like playoff moments and they always talked about Steve Eiserman and one okay. And his thing was he would get back to the bench. If he had a bad shift, he would close his eyes and like, uh, he like replay it. And then he'd tap his stick on the bench and he would, completely put it behind him Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, much easier said than done. Sure. But after once I got older, I was like, all right, you know, my biggest thing was when I was a kid, oh man, I made a mistake. Now I'm, my head is messed up. Like I cannot, I can't think straight. I can't play my game. So as I got older, I, you know, I had to change that and I tried to start implementing like, all right, I screwed up. Let me, let me kind of reset where I am mentally. Um, and that's what I kind of built on and was able to do, um, usually. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, I, I, it's, it's very clear to me that I, I wasn't doing a good job of that. Um, and whereas I was, as my freshman year went on, I was getting better at that. Um, I had a stretch where I was bad my freshman year, like five or six games where I just wasn't myself. I wasn't playing well. Um, and then kind of snapped out of it because I was able to say, you know what, I've done this. I know what I'm doing. I've done it all year to this point. So let's not, you know, freak myself out about it. Sure. Um, and in that moment, I did freak myself out about it. So it, it kind of, like, on such a big stage, think about it, like, wow. Like, right. <laughs> that's, you not, know, that's not good. Like, you can't let that happen. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I mean, I was able to, you know, we got through that game. <clears throat> Um, and I, I played well in the next two games in the Frozen Four, and um, we 
played in a lot of other big games the next three years. Um, I mean, unfortunately, my junior and my senior both ended in overtime, losing mm-hmm. in the regionals. Um, but, you know, I, I made mistakes in those games. I wasn't perfect in, in any game in those four years. Um, but as I got older and as I got more mature and I, I was playing better and I was able to handle mistakes you know, in stride. Yeah. Um, but that was as growing up, that was my biggest issue. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of figure that out and how to fix that. Do you work with like visualization now? Do you do things like that with now that you're playing at the professional level, especially mm-hmm. do you take time to, you'll see guys like, especially Braden Holpe, right? The yeah. goal with the capitals, he's always out there, hands on a stick, head down. And you just know he's playing every scenario he's going to potentially go through. Yeah. Do you do something similar to that now? I've read or have your own routine. So like through school, our coach had us read a lot of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. on uh, similar to, I mean, not similar to uh, in, on habits or, you know, the visualization and kind of different tools that you can implement. Sure. To, to your game and to your, how you handle situations that I don't know, like to some guys might like something more than another thing. Uh-huh. Um, I like to watch. I'm a very visual learner, so I watch a lot of film. Okay. I watched a lot of film last year in Providence. Um, it just helps me, good, bad, anything, because seeing myself do a good thing is, is awesome. Like, I look at, like, I can do that. Like, that's, that's, that's me. That's how I play. And then, you know, see a bad thing you learn from it. And I think, I don't know if I play it as much. Like, I don't, I don't find myself in the locker room like before a period starts like close mm-hmm. my eyes and like here's how everything's gonna go because yeah. I think it's so unpredictable that uh, just the game of hockey it's it's chaos and I kind of just think about you know kind of reassuring myself like okay I know what to do now I know what to do in this situation that's my biggest thing when I'm comfortable and I'm calm like I used to when I was growing up like my dad had this ACDC playlist for me and I would get all fired up and amped up. And like, that was the only way I knew how to play. Yeah. Like I would get out there and I'd be like, you know, shaking. Yeah. Like I like, oh, right. kill someone. someone's head like, off. Yeah. But now like the last song I listened to before the national championship game was, it was a good day by uh, ice cube. Okay. And I was just like in such a zone, like mm-hmm. this is awesome. Like I'm playing hockey. This is fun. And once I like, it took a little bit into my freshman year. I remember before I had a terrible game in Dartmouth. And then the next night we were playing in Harvard. And before the game, I was listening to like, you know, some light techno music. Like I was just like, it's like, I was just in a mood where I was like, you know what? I'm calm. I've done this before. Like I'm not stressing out. I'm not freaking myself out. And I played like my best game of the year. Yeah. And that's kind of like where I've been at. I've been much more like, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to scream and yell before a game. I'm mm-hmm. more we're like I used to be when I was young. Like uh, <clears throat> I would, you know, try to get everyone fired up and try to get everyone going. But then I kind of learned like everyone has their own thing. Mm-hmm. And even the thing that I had was not the thing that made me play the best. Sure. Um, and it took me a while to learn that. Um, so I think finding that was... Yeah probably the, one of the most beneficial things for me of, you know, getting me to where I am now. Um, just kind of playing loose, playing my game, playing confident. And, you know, through the preseason, like, I took a couple of games, uh, NHL preseason, to 
to say, all right, hey, like I can do this. This is this is great. This is hockey. I I can play hockey. I know yeah. how to play hockey. Like, and then by the end of the preseason, I was playing really well. Mm-hmm. And then you know, three games into the season, my first game, you know, I wasn't moving the puck quick enough. I got stripped a couple times. Sure, I'm sure there's a lot of nerves going on. Of you, course, you know, my first shift, I had the puck in the high slot like this. I kind of blocked this out that. of my I brain. Like, I was gonna bring that up. I have to really <laughs> think about that game. <laughs> To remember that I should have scored a goal my first NHL shift. I remember that. And 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 in that moment, I like I was so happy to be there, be yeah. doing that. I didn't expect myself to score a goal. Right. So if I would have, I might have really freaked myself out. Uh huh. But I didn't, and it was like looking back, it was like okay, this is this is what I expected. Yeah. Which is you know not a great mindset to have. Um. But that's just kind of how it was. And, um, man. Yeah, uh, you brought up fun, you know, before. And, and, you know, seeing that, I remember watching that. And immediately you had just the biggest smile on your face. You <laughs> laugh and go to the bench. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, wa- sitting there watching you who, you, you know, when I first started interning mm-hmm. with as a strength and conditioning, you were the first athlete I ever saw. Mm-hmm. I, I just, but, you know, I was just watching. I wasn't working with. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I remember... After the session, the you know Frank was there and he goes, yeah, that you know Robbie's goes to Yale. He's gonna play for the Bruins. He got drafted. I'm like really? <laughs> that guy? Like, well, not that and like that guy. But I was like, well, you just were work. Like I remember seeing him doing very not not uh, well. Yeah, no basic things. Oh yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I always was under this impression that professional athletes have to do these crazy. And that was my uh. first lo- thought of like. You know, going back to what you were saying before, back to the basics, how important the, the rudimentary basics are of not just your sport, but your training, your nutrition and all of that. But to tie that in with the fun, when I started working with you hands on, you know, for two or three summers in a row, mm. there was never a day that you didn't come into the gym with the biggest smile on your face and every workout. Like I could have told you guys, like, we're going to go and, and jump off the Robert Moses Bridge today. <laughs> and if I had a reason that it was going to make you a better hockey player, you would have done it with a smile on your face. There was, there was never one day where, where it wasn't fun for you. And then to see that translated on the rink, yeah. was like there was, I couldn't think of a, a more deserving person to be living out their dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like going back to that, like this year I, I got a concussion. I mm-hmm. got hit from behind pretty good. Um, this is in Providence. Yeah. Missed a few weeks in like December. <clears throat> Um, and I was just so depressed and down and mm-hmm. like, uh, obviously there was some shit going on in my head, Yeah. but as those weeks went by and I was just like, I was so down at, and I immediately, I started to realize it's because I'm not around the guys and I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh my, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I got to hop on the bike every day. It was like, I wanted to hop on the bike to get back. My biggest thing was, you know, everyone was saying, hey, my mom mostly was saying like, hey, like, you know, you got to be careful with your head and, you know, which I totally agree with. You got the rest of your life to live. Right. Um, but and like people kind of like a doctor, one of the doctors said like, hey, like I'm here to make sure that you play as long as you can and then you can live your life afterwards. So you really have to think about that long and hard. And basically I told him like, listen, like I want to play as long as I can because I don't know what life is like without hockey. Yeah. Um, and 
I was getting upset, not because I was hurt and I was scared or anything like that. I was like, I really wanted to just keep playing. And that's what answered that question for me. It's like, you, know, you have to think long and hard about if you want to, you know, come back from this and kind of, you know, if it happens again, are you going to, you know, want to go through the same thing? Mm -hmm. And I told him, yeah, because I, this is all I want to do. This is where I have my most fun. Like mm -hmm. walking into the rink every day. I mean, I was telling you before, you see the same 24 guys every day. You think, you know, you, you get driven a little nuts by that. Some days you come in and you don't want to see these guys yeah. anymore. But you, you come in and you crack a joke with some guys and you you go play hockey for an hour. You work out. It's and I some guys I mean, some guys don't have the same mindset and outlook and like don't handle it the same way that I do. But I, I love it. I just I mean, the smiles are genuine. Yeah, it's. Uh, the uh, behind the B, like the Bruins show, sure, kind of followed. Like, <laughs> I was putting on my suit, they were in my hotel room right before we went over to Columbus, the ring in Columbus, and I, I couldn't stop smiling. It was probably nervous, like, mostly nerves, mm -hmm. but like, every like the biggest thought in my head was not like, oh man, like, this is scary. Like, I'm gonna play my first NHL game. It's like, holy shit, like, I'm gonna play in the NHL, yeah. And, like, I can't wait. Like, I want to get out there and, you know, I'm nervous. I'm excited. And all these things are going through me. It's just like, I'm playing hockey. I'm playing hockey for a living. Mm -hmm. And and that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, guys would you know, bitch and moan a little bit about a bus trip and this and that. And even though, like, I, I'm not immune to that at all. Like, this, the, some of the bus trips are brutal. We would play at home in Providence on a Friday. We'd play in Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania on a Saturday and then back in Providence on Sunday. <sighs> Uh, we did that a couple times. Yeah, and those are that's just a brutal trip. Mm -hmm. But then you get back, and you just you know, I'm playing hockey, and 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 I, I I'm gonna complain because everyone's complaining, and it kind of stinks. But like, I'm not you know I'm not sitting at a desk. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not. I'm doing what I love, and you know, any time that I was like, oh, like, it never I never got to the point where. Is this what I want to do? Mm -hmm. Is this really what I want to do? And I'm sure I'll confront that at some point. Sure. Like, am I? Do I love this enough to keep going? How old are you? Twenty four. Okay. Um. So I haven't I haven't come close to that point, but I mean, it'll come sure. at some point. Um, it just it makes it it's incredible that I can go to work and do that. So it's, yeah. Is this as if you're weird to say that I'm going to work and then you're going to a, to a rink like to play? I feel like, like when I say that. Yeah, it's like, what do you have? To, I have work today. Like, what, do you, what, you have what? Uh, yeah, what exactly. do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to my girlfriend who's going to start work at the end of October. And, you know, she'll say, like, I'll, I'll be trying to tell her, like, oh, like, here's how you handle an apartment. Here's how, you know, you might handle your free time. And she'll be like, you don't work. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I kind of do. We'll, I, we'll just put work in quotation marks. Yeah, my mom's like, you know, I had an argument with the cable company in, in our apartment complex that we lived in because, uh, you know, I screwed some things up. I didn't, you know, read the fine print. And she's like, oh, welcome to the real world. And then my dad will say, like, this kid is not in the <laughs> real world. We, uh, practice days were done at one the latest. Yeah. So, like... I'm reading books. I'm playing video games. I'm taking walks. I, I'm trying. I'm picking up hobbies. Like there's just so much, so much time to kind of 
right? have other new things. And by doing that, yeah. I think you then you don't lose the passion for hockey, mm-hmm. right? If you mm-hmm. have this free time, these other, like you said, if you're done at 1 p.m., yeah. you're reading books, you're learning more, you're challenging yourself intellectually, mentally. You're also going out and maybe trying out other hobbies. I know you. there's a guy store golf course right over here on my way oh, up yeah. here. I know oh, you're yeah. a big golfer. Mm-hmm. You could start some other sports like tennis, things that aren't crazy. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go start playing football. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's probably, I don't know if the rooms are like that. But, nope. <laughs> um, you know, you could go out and, and challenge your body in new ways, which are going to then contribute to making you a better athlete. Exactly, yeah. Uh, taking advantage of like doing yoga or, right. or getting a massage. <clears throat> and things that I... Yeah, you know, I grow up, not grow up, but I got older. I was like, oh, I don't need a massage. Like, I don't want to pay, you know, 50 bucks for something. Right. You know, I'm fine. I'll roll out. But, like, you, know, you start investing yourself a little bit and Absolutely. You know, doing things that will prolong your career. Um, and that's, you know, this year, there's so many different things that you learn kind of doing this for a living um, and learning from older guys who have done it for 10 years. Um that kind of help you <clears throat> try to get to that point someday. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this year, ups and downs, injuries, and, you know, we had a really good team, a great group of guys that, you know, made it easy to go to the rink every day, a good mix of young guys, older guys. Um, I mean, for a first year, um, disappointed that it ended early, but I think I got so much out of it moving forward um, and hopefully, you know, had a good summer so far mm. and push for a spot in Boston. That's a, it, it's crazy how quickly now that sort of cycle has ended that first year and mm. now it's getting oh ready boy, for camp like, oh, again. September's coming right around the corner. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's exciting. <clears throat> and it's, it's, again, it's nerve wracking and there are a lot of things that could happen between now and then and then, then mm-hmm. in the season. So, I mean, you definitely put in the work, though, which is, you know, back to what you were saying before, like, you, you're going to, you only worry about the things that you could control. Exactly. Like, That's everything else, like thing. you said, all those, the, you know, how to, how did you win at Yale, like, all these, mm-hmm. as long as you're playing the best you can and you're, you're putting in the work, you, you said you're putting in the time, investing in your body, yeah. re- investing in yourself mentally, reading the, you know, books to, to mm-hmm. figure out other techniques to overcome certain things that, that come with the mental burnout in sports. <laughs> You're, you're going to elite, at the very least be like, you know what? It's out of my hands now. I exactly. did everything I can, and exactly. now that's it. It's up to the universe or you know, whatever. Yeah, if you worry power. about all these other things that are out of your control, oh, you're going to get overwhelmed. Just, just, you can't, can't worry about yourself then. Yeah. So that's that. those words that you said, uh, controlling what you can control are the biggest thing. Like my dad has said that forever because mm-hmm. I, I was a worrier as a kid. <clears throat> I would worry about everything. I, my parents closed their door while I was sleeping. I'd get freaked out. Like, are they leaving? They might leave me here alone. Right. But, you know. A lot of noise. Yeah. A lot of noise coming yeah. in. And it's just, I got to get, I had to get to the point where I was just like, I can control me and yeah. what I do. I, I can't worry about everything else because else, you know, you burn out and, and it's just too much. So. Well, it's cool to see, you know, I, I've been doing this and I've been talking to a lot of people who, mm. some people are my age, a lot of people recently that have been older and I've been getting a ton of really great little tidbits from them, these, these mm. little golden nuggets of information that I've been able to really implement in myself. And I've only been doing this for about four months, but the impact it's had on myself, my relationships, my work, just kind of all areas of my life has been profound and it's, it's, yeah. it's invaluable. I, I 
can't see myself stopping doing this. Um, but most of the people who are older than me, I ask them, you know, if you can go back to speak to your 24 year old self, what's something you would either do differently or, or what's a piece of advice you'd give yourself being that we're the same. You're, you're 92, right? 93. 93. Okay. Just turned 24. Okay. A couple weeks ago. So yeah. we're, you know, we're almost the same. We're yeah, about the same age. The same. Pretty much yeah. the same thing. Yeah. You know, is there, we just talked about a lot of things, you know, worrying about yourself and, mm-hmm. and you know, things of that nature. But is there one mantra, one one thing that you keep in mind mm. to kind of keep yourself grounded with, with the whirlwind of being a, a professional athlete. Yeah. Is there one thing that you, uh, you either remind yourself on a daily basis or, or, uh, uh something you use, whether it's a routine to, again, keep yourself grounded. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, not to stick with the same thing we were talking <clears throat> about, but that I've thought about getting control, you control, like tattooed on my body. Uh-huh. Like, that is, those words, like, because seriously, like when I say I was a warrior as a kid, I would worry about everything, everything. Um, I was very anxious. I was very like, uh, I, I don't even know, like on, I couldn't take a plane ride without freaking out. Yeah, you know, we didn't fly much. We would fly maybe once a year, uh, my family. And I... I would just get so worked up and so freaked out about that. And if we had a big game coming up, it would like really affect me. And, and it, like I would, I was able to kind of put that aside in the moment, but it would really mess with me until that happened. And the biggest thing I needed to learn and then start to really implement and start to live by was, Hey, I need to focus on me. I need to worry about what I can, you know, physically or mentally control. And that is, that's what I've kept with me. And it was through camp, through everything, like training camp into the preseason, into like preseason ending and then moving us into a residence in. That's where I was um, for the very end of training camp into the season. Yeah. And it was like, you know, every day that I'm here, I need to embrace, I need to take everything out of it that I can so that, you know, I can stay here longer or I can at least make myself better. Um, and you know, we, I was with Brandon Carlo who ended up playing the whole season. He's so good, like a great guy. Um, we were in the same residence in hotel room Mm. and we were afraid to buy groceries. Um, because we, in our heads, you know, as soon as we buy groceries, we're out of here. Uh, <laughs> as soon as we start to settle in and get comfortable and we're going to get shipped out. Uh-huh. And even in, in that moment, I, was, I would think to myself, you know what? I know that that has nothing to do with that. And if I can eat better like that'll only help me. Right. Um, and still, I, I still, you still think about that stuff. And you know, uh, the day I opened my Xbox was the day I got sent down. I was holding on to it all preseason long in the hotel. And I was, you know, long days in the hotel. Like we were always done by the afternoon if we have a game. So really we're just sitting around with nothing to do, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, not having your stuff and just a bag of your clothes. Um, So I opened that thing. It was, see you later. Um, But that, it it really helped me to kind of keep everything in perspective and take it one day at a time. Um, And that, I, I had a good camp and I, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to even start the season there. Obviously there were a couple injuries and like everything kind of worked out nicely to get that little taste. Right. But I don't think I would have, you know, I think someone else might've got that opportunity had I not handled it how I did. Sure. Um, so I'm proud of that. 
and hopefully I can handle that like that again in September and build on that and maybe hopefully spend a little more time in Boston. This Absolutely, year. man. Yeah, you got camps coming up in what, a month or so? Yeah, so September 15th is the uh, first day of camp. Yep. Awesome. Well, I wish the best of luck to you, but I'm sure you're going to have a real successful season this year. I can't wait till, for the season to start and start watching some games. Yeah. I had a switch. I can't be a Rangers fan anymore now. <laughs> I'm rooting for you all the time. I'm yeah, a Bruins fan. Right. You can still root for the Rangers. <laughs> I'll allow it. It's okay. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this, bud. Uh, thank you. It was my pleasure.